This morning is a very special service because it is Pastor David Schroeder's last Sunday as Senior Pastor at Abundant Life Ministries. Looking back at the four decades of ministry, Pastor Dave has preached the word on five continents, thousands of sermons, touching lives all over the world. Now we want to take a few moments to honor and celebrate this man of God, reflecting on the growth in our church, in our own lives, in our families, and throughout the nations. Pastor Dave, Grandpa, we love you. Now church, please stand with me in celebrating and showing our love and appreciation to Pastor David Schroeder. At this time, um, Terry Lang is going to come up and present on behalf of the congregation and uh, the elders of the church um, a gift and a special recognition uh, for Pastor Dave. So Terry Lang, I'm going to give this mic to you and uh, you can take it from here. I'm going to start by reading a definition, kind of a composite put together definition and notes of the meaning of the word emeritus. An emeritus is a retired college professor or minister. When a minister retires, he might be given the title of emeritus, which basically means he can still be remembered as a successful minister. The word emeritus is from a Latin origin, and its original meaning is veteran soldier. That's appropriate. Mm -hmm. Of the former holder of an office, having retired, but allowed to retain their title as an honor. It remains a mark of distinguished service awarded only to a few on retirement. It is also used when a person of distinction in a profession retires or hands over the position enabling their former rank to be retained in their title. For example, Pastor Emeritus. The term Emeritus does not necessarily signify that a person has relinquished all the duties of their former position and they may continue to exercise them. And the feminine term of that is Emerita. So, for distinguished service, leadership for nearly four decades, and being faithful to the call of God to the body of believers at Abundant Life Ministries, Jefferson, Iowa, we hereby confer upon Pastor David Schroeder, Pastor Becky Schroeder, the titles of David Schroeder, Pastor Emeritus, and Becky Schroeder, Pastor Emerita. And also, we have a, a Christmas slash retirement gift for you guys, and uh, to send you off. Yeah. Well, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> we we had a, a a somewhat of a goal, and we exceeded that. So. Hallelujah! Thank you. Again, thank you.
everybody repeat this with me. He's a rock. Amen. I receive that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Isn't God wonderful? Let me tell you something, church. Aren't you excited about, think about, listen to this young preacher for years to come. Hallelujah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about my new pastor. Glory to God. I'm excited about the opportunity that I'm going to have to hear the word of God and grow in the word of God because of a young man that has made the decision to serve God. You know, uh, <clears throat> as I look around the room and I see so many faces that have um, been so special over the years, and uh, I'm reminded of uh, several years ago. Now, I, I don't, I'm not comparing myself to him. Um, but we're down in Tulsa uh, for some meetings with uh, um, Brother Earl Roberts when he was establishing Charismatic Bible Ministries. And I was down there for that founding meeting. And he got up in front of everybody and he began to weep. Rock. <laughs> and he began to weep because he said, I didn't know if anybody would come. You know, when you grow up as a little old farm boy in southern Minnesota, and you, uh, you know, grow up with a sense of inferiority and insecurity and so forth, and Jesus comes into your life and he absolutely changes everything for you. And uh, then to think that some almost 50 years later you're able to have a day like this, it's really special. You know, and as I look around the room and you know, I see so many faces, but uh, I just want to recognize um, Dr. and Beth Blessing, Blessman, they're sitting back there. Um, the video that you saw this morning on missions, uh, that's Dr. Blessman's. It's their ministry that he began. And uh, what a blessing that they've been uh, to the nation of South Africa. And what a blessing they've been to us here at Abundant Life Ministries that we've had the opportunity to partner with them. And, and uh, it's, it's just a blessing to have you with us today, Dr. Blessman. And uh, so let's, let's greet them. And then like I said, there's so many other dear friends that are here this morning. We just want to thank you, Pastor Becky, and I want to thank you for coming out today. Um, hallelujah. You know, we, we see in the scriptures, we've talked about it many times, how the only constant in life is change. And so there's always change. And I think oftentimes change is something that we um, struggle with. But do you know change is, is always good when it's in the kingdom of God. When we put our focus, we put our attention upon him. It's always good. And so I really wrestled with uh, what to share today. But I, I really believe that I, what I want to do is I want to share some of the history of this place. 
You know, because this isn't, uh, this isn't the end of something. This is the beginning of something new. And I think to appreciate where you go, where you're going, sometimes you have to know where you've come from. And so I just want to share a few thoughts with you about um, Abundant Life Ministries and about my life and experience here. And, uh, you know, as I already said, I was born on a little 160-acre farm in southern Minnesota. And uh, uh, like everybody else went to school, the only thing is I hated it. And I was determined that I wanted to get out of school. And about the only thing I got out of school was me. But, you know, it's amazing what Christ can do in your life because... Uh, when I graduated, I probably read at, I don't know, third, fourth grade level, maybe at the most. All I remember is struggling when I wanted to read my children their children's books because I had a hard time pronouncing the words. And, uh, but Jesus came in my life. And uh, as a result of that, <clears throat> you know, uh, I had to finagle with my wife to get all the books into my library that I wanted to get at home when we left here. But God will change anything in your life. He changed me and I know that if he can change me, he can change anybody. Because he's, he's faithful. And so it was back in 1972. Most of you don't try to figure that out. You, you can't even calculate that. But it was back in 1972 that we moved to Jefferson the first time. I'd been a plumber and I was looking for work and got a job with Shriver Construction here in town and began to work with them and work for them for a few years and then I worked out at the hospital. But it was during that time that the story that so many of you have heard about, how we got involved with a little charismatic Bible study. And in that Bible study, um, I got introduced to Jesus for the first time. And it was a Saturday morning. Can anybody say it for me? In the basement of Vernon Lewis's house. <laughs> with three other guys. In front of the fireplace. And I prayed and I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And what happened? My life has never been the same. Because of what Jesus has done in my life. And you know, <clears throat> that's our purpose in being here. That's the worship this morning. Brenda, by the way, was just, thank you. is wonderful. Because it's all about Jesus. And that's really what it's all about. It's about what he's done in our life and the difference that he makes in our life. And as a result of him in our life, there's nothing that's impossible. You know, if God can take me and use me and, and somehow preach through me for almost 40 years, can you just imagine what he can do through your life if we just give him an opportunity to do so? And so we received Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior and moved to, to Ankeny, Iowa and plumbed there for a few years and it was there that I got the call. And we were going to go to Missouri. And so in 1982, or excuse me, 1978, we moved to Goldman, Missouri, so that I could go to school. But you know, it's interesting, just prior to that, in that same year, but before we had moved, 
the Bible study here in Jefferson decided that they were going to form a church. And so they, they formed uh, this church. And it's interesting, we lived in Ankeny at the time, so I went down to the airport and I picked up Bob Heil, who came in to help them get the church started and so forth. And shortly, there, well, that summer, then we moved down to Missouri and I went to school down there. And from there, we moved to Wapaka, Wisconsin, and we started a church there. We pastored there for two years. And, you know, it was during that time that I was in Wapaka, I, I thought, you know, I really would like to come back to Jefferson and bless the community because it's been such a blessing to me. And so uh, we had still had contact with the Vanazans. Uh, we were together in Trinity, did Bible studies together there. And, and so between uh, Gary and Ron Nissen, they lined up some meetings for me out at the high school. And we went out there and we held some meetings there. And then we met in their regular church service. And while we're there, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, I haven't released you from this place, speaking of Jefferson. And I thought, what am I supposed to do, ask him to release me? And so I remember walking home that night because we were staying with Nissens and Pastor Becky and I were walking along and, and I said, I don't know. I got this weird feeling we're coming back to Jefferson. And she said, well, don't tell anybody. <laughs> and so he didn't. But we're leaving town and we're just, we got to the four-way stop and we turned in east heading for Ames and you know, this is, remember, this is back in 81 or I guess probably 82. And Jeff was sitting in the back seat. And, you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't use seat belts back then. <laughs> and so he leans over the front seat and he, he says, I'm believing in my heart and confessing with my mouth. We're moving back to Jefferson. <laughs> Becky and I looked at each other and thought, well, to make a long story short, we ended up back here in Jefferson. That was 37 and a half years ago. And God has been wonderful to us. He has blessed us so abundantly beyond what we could ever think, dream, or imagine. But you know, as I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about change and how things have changed, I was, I was just thinking about how communication you know, in my lifetime, communication has changed so much. And even in the last 40 years, the, the way that communication has changed. Then one day I was sharing with some of my grandkids and I was telling them how, you know, giving them the old war stories, how, you know, on that 160 acres that I grew up in, we didn't have indoor plumbing. You know, and the only water we had in the house was we had an old pump that you could pump water out of the cistern. You know, use cistern water because it was, it was softer than the water that you'd get out of the well. And, uh, and I said, and we, we didn't have a telephone. And I don't remember which one. Might have been Addie. I don't remember. One of them said, Grandpa, you didn't have your own telephone? I said, no, we didn't have a telephone. Literally, we did not have a telephone until I was a sophomore in high school. And we survived. <laughs> But you know, here we are, we, we, it, we, no, no telephone, no communication and so forth. And uh, I remember as, as time went on, 
You know, when we were living here, and Pastor Becky and I, we took our first mission trip to the Philippines. And we're in the Philippines, and uh, uh, it's, it's the first time we've left our kids, and uh, Pastor Becky is homesick for her kids after the second day. And, and, but we're on the island of uh, Panay, in the city of Calibo, in the Philippines, and there's no way to communicate home. And it was like, it was like torture for her. Things have just, you know, you, you just couldn't do it until we got to Manila and then we could communicate again. But things began to change even with communication. And I remember the, the day I was out in, this was before we had the entryway we have now, but I, but I overheard a discussion uh, between uh, Judy Van Ozen and Donna Sutton. Both of their Sarahs were in foreign lands and, and they were talking about it. it is so frustrating that when we send an email, sometimes we don't get a response until the next day. <laughs> and I, I, I looked at him and said, I feel so sorry for you. Because <laughs> I remember when Jeff was in the Ukraine, when he was living in the Sumi Hotel in and, and uh, in, in Sumi, and uh, if he wanted to call home, he had to go to the telephone office, make an appointment, go back to the hotel and wait for them to put the call through. And then if we weren't home or something, it was just out of luck. You'd have to go make another, another appointment sometime. And I remember thinking during that time, we thought, what if we had an emergency? Because we didn't have any way to get a hold of him. You know, and, and I remember when he and Amy were in the Ukraine and then Italy, how it got to where you could make phone calls, but they were so expensive, you looked for all these different avenues that you could make phone calls. But then I remember the day we're in Des Moines, Iowa, shopping, and we get this phone call on our cell phone, and it's Jeff from Italy. Here, now we're able to communicate on the cell phone. And then emails and texting and all of that stuff began to flow back and forth. I remember how uh, one year the church here bought Pastor Becky and I a laptop so that we could FaceTime with our grandkids in Italy when they were opening their presents. We're able to see them open their presents. Boom. But then, you know, it got even more so. You know, I remember being in South Africa with the Blessmans and then in Honduras. And I was able to FaceTime my wife at home. And she was able to see me and I was able to see her. And I'm, I'm thinking, this was... But not the Flintstones, what was the, the cartoon of the Jetsons. Jetsons? I mean, it was like a Jetson deal. I mean, it, you know, you'd watch that show and her kids and you'd think, that stuff will never happen. Folks, that stuff is happening. <laughs> How things have changed. How things have changed. Then I got thinking about, you know, because the word has always been so important to us. I can remember our, our, the way that we would tape our services when I first came to Jefferson is I had a, I had a cassette player. Anybody know what a cassette player is? 
I had a cassette player on the podium, and when it was time to preach, I'd push the button. That's, that's, how we would, that's how we would tape our messages on these cassettes. And, and when somebody wanted a duplicate, when somebody wanted a copy of the message, that meant I would take two duplicators, two cop tape machines, put them in a room that nobody is going to talk in. You'd push play on one and record on the other. And that's how we made our copies. Yes. Things have changed a little bit. Then when we moved in this building, I mean, we didn't have the sound booth, but we had a sound system. And so we would they'd tape it in the back. And, and it got to where we had a, a duplicator that would copy from one to another. And it would do it at something like a, a 05 or something like that. I mean, it was really, it was really quick. And so we, we hit the high time. We were, we, were, we were high tech in church. But then the cassettes went by the wayside and the CDs came into play. You know, and uh, now with the CDs, I mean, we, we had a duplicator where you could do, I think it was three or four at a time, and the one we've got out there now, I mean, I think we can make, what is it, eight? Seven copies at a time? Whoa! The only problem is nobody uses CDs anymore. And because CDs have gone by the wayside. And so now what do you do? Now if you want the message, what do you do? You go online, you go to our website. If you're really smart, you have our, our app and you have it right on your phone. And so you can, just, you can just do it right there. I mean, you're all set. My, how things have changed. Then we'd want to record something. You remember those, what were they called? Video cassette recorders? I mean... You know, to, to video something and, you know, and, but it was wonderful because you could watch it right away. And then we got the, the digital, we got our digital camera up there. And, and the wonderful thing about the digital is you could, you could immediately begin to uh, watch the thing or you could edit it. You could do all this stuff with this camera. It was just, it was just marvelous. But what do we do today? Today, we have a cell phone. And it not only records, but it streams it. You can be any place in the country. You know, I get calls from, I've heard from people in Texas and California and Oregon and even family in Minnesota that have watched it live on a Sunday morning. My, how things have changed. But you know, the thing about it is, is the devices may have changed. But the purpose for the device never has. It's always been to get the message out there. Technology has changed. And it's going to continue to change. That's why it's so exciting having a 23-year-old pastor that's going to be guiding this church because he, he's aware of all these things that are going on. And so he's going to be able to be right there in whatever's next Abundant Life Ministry is going to be right there with it. Praise the Lord. Yes. But what's the purpose of it? Whatever the device is, wherever it goes from here, the purpose of the device is so that the Word of God can get out and that it can get into all the world so that individuals can hear. You know, the first message that I preached in this church 37 and a half years ago, it was 3 John. 
the second verse. First message you ever preached here. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. But you know, here we are, 37 and a half years later, and the greatest need that we still have in the church today is for the renewing of the mind. For us to be able to look and see that I pray that you prosper in all things and that you be in health even as your soul prospers. And the soul, of course, we know is our mind, our will, and our emotions. That we receive the word of God and that it becomes alive on the inside of us. And then when that word becomes alive on the inside of us, it produces the change. And what that change leads to is the victory that's truly what God desires in each and every one of our lives. But we've got to renew our minds. We've got to change our thinking. And so times have changed. Devices have changed. Methods change. Because I believe that Pastor Isaac is going to have some way different methods than what I had. You're going to have some different methods than me, right? Amen. Shake your head. Yes. Okay. But you know what? The message doesn't change. And the message never will change. You know, if you read the article in the paper, you read a quote. Well, that quote was from my grandpa Miller. It was at grandpa's 85th birthday, I think it was. And we were leaving, and, and as we're leaving there, I hadn't had much of a chance to talk to Grandpa. And as we're walking out to the car, Grandpa put his arm around me and he said, David, he said, I always want you to remember one thing. It doesn't matter what name is over the door, as long as inside you preach Christ and He crucified. The message will never change. If anybody tries to change the message of Jesus Christ and he crucified, run. Because the message will never change. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And there is no other way to the Father but through him. And so Christ and he crucified is the message. It's the message that will never change. It's the message that this church all the way back to when it was a Bible study was established upon was the fact that it's Christ and he alone and that message will never change and that's why it's such an exciting time for Abundant Life Ministries because I know this young man <laughs> obviously and from his very roots to his core he realizes that it's Christ and he crucified that that's the message that's the way that's our only hope. There is no other way but through him. Notice I even went back to paper. <clears throat> Figured if you're going to do your last message, you better do it right and use paper and not some fiddly diggly gadget thing. No. So uh, <clears throat> I use paper today. The message. The method changes. The device changes. 
But the message never changes. The last words that Jesus spoke to us before his ascension comes from Mark, the 16th chapter, the 15th verse. And, he, and this is Jesus speaking. And so these are words that are spoken to you. These are words that are spoken to me. And he said to them, go into all the world. You know, <clears throat> Abundant Life Ministries has taken, taken that literally. You know, to the to our ability, we've made the attempt to take the gospel to all the world. You know, we're in South Africa, we're in Honduras, we're in Italy, we're in England, we're in Thailand, we're, can't think now, India. India. You know, we're, we, we've made the attempt to go into all the world. Why? Because it just seemed like a good idea and we didn't have anything else to do? No, because it's the command. You know, when Jesus spoke to his disciples, he wasn't giving them a suggestion. He was giving them a command. And the command to the church of Jesus Christ is to go into all the world and, and do what? Preach the gospel. And so he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord has spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out. Notice what they did. They went out. They did what Jesus told them to do. Let's be doers of the word. Let's not merely be hearers of the word. Let's be doers of the word. And let's follow the command, the commission of Jesus. Just as the disciples did. And they went out and they preached everywhere. Everywhere. The Lord working with them. Thank God we don't have to do it alone. I don't know about you. I don't know what I would do without the Holy Ghost. I would be so lost. I'd be so helpless if I didn't have the Holy Spirit in my life every moment of every day. He's so faithful. You know, it makes me think of this wonderful lady sitting in the front row, my wife. You know, because Pastor Becky has known Jesus as long as she can ever remember. It was just part of her life and when we were first married, we went to church. I mean, that, that's what we did. We were always there. But she talks about how she, every night before we went to bed, she said she didn't know why, but she would pray for the Holy Spirit. 
to come into my life. Whew. I'm so thankful he did. Because he changed everything. You know, I always tell people, you know, <clears throat> being a Christian is tough. You know, because being a Christian, you have to give up so much. I had to give up hell. I had to give up a broken marriage. I had to give up rebellious children. I had to give up a life of bondage that was going to lead to death and destruction. That was a sacrifice that I had to go through to receive life and receive it abundantly. And you know, that's what is available to each and every one of us. To give up that stuff that we, we oftentimes have held so dear, but it has absolutely no eternal value. I don't know about you. As a football fan, yesterday was a disaster. <laughs> I mean, other than one, every team I was rooting for, I can't even say what they did in church. They took a dump. <laughs> hey man, you can say that in church, can't you? They did, it was, it was absolutely horrible. But you know what, at the end of the day, it had absolutely zero eternal value. Zero. And so you know what that meant? That meant I woke up today and I was happy. Even though I was one out of four. So <laughs> we have in Jesus. The only redeeming thing was Gophers won in basketball yesterday, though, so that helped out a little bit. Had to get some of that in there for you to remember me by. But you know, it has no eternal value. You know, promotion. It, it, it seems like whenever we go through something in life, there's an element of it that seems like a loss. You know, I shared with you Christmas Eve how uh, my 100-year-old mom is on the verge of going over to the other side. And yesterday I was planning on driving up to Hastings to see her um, because she's no longer really coherent and uh, wanted to be able to say goodbye to her and so forth. And, and uh, but my sister called me in the morning and said, you know, you know, she says, I don't want to tell you what to do, but the streets up here are just horrible. They're, we were having an ice storm and, and we, you know, we just don't think you should be on the road and we, we don't want you to get stuck up here because we know what's taking place tomorrow and so forth. And so, I, I just made the decision, well, I won't go up. Hopefully, I'll be able to go up tomorrow. Um, but, you know, Mom's 100 years old. And uh, I think she has a right to go to heaven. I mean, after 100 years, you have a right to go to heaven. Amen. Don't shout me down to me because I'm preaching good. Amen. And, uh, and so in the afternoon, my, my, my brother called me and said, we know that you'd like to be here with mom and you can't, and, but uh, would you like to pray with her? And so we prayed over the phone. 
you know, I'm 71 years old and I'm about to be an orphan. <laughs> I mean, think about that. 71 years of my life, I've had my mommy. And, uh, you know, my mom, she's uh, part of my heritage. And uh, I shared a couple weeks ago how, you know, my mom played the organ in the church. You know, in our little Grace Lutheran Church in Ewington, Minnesota, um, the organ was in the front of the church. And so that meant uh, I spent my growing up years sitting in the front row of Grace Lutheran's church because mom didn't trust me any further back than the front row. <laughs> and so there I sat every Sunday. You know, and I, I remember when we got the call and we're living in Ankeny and I, I called mom to give her the news that uh, we were going to go to Bible school because I believe God had called me into the ministry. And uh, I'll never forget mom's response. Her response was, you always did kind of like that sort of thing. <laughs> now you got to love my mom and appreciate her for that, but, uh, but I did. And uh, so anyway, she's about to transition. And, and you know what? Just like today, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry. But you know, it isn't, it isn't about sadness. It isn't about sorrow. It's, it's about change. You know, and I'm going to cry because I'm not going to be able to see my mom on this side. But you know what? I also know... <coughs> that because of this wonderful message that we have of Jesus Christ and he crucified, I know that my mom is going to be just like that in the presence of the one whose presence I long to be in. His name is Jesus. And so because of him, it's absolutely impossible for us to lose. We have the victory. We have the victory in Jesus. And so the 20th verse is, and they went out. Let's never forget to go out. Let's never forget to go out because there are those that have not heard. There's those in this community that have not heard. And if we don't go, who's going to go? And they went out and they preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. Again, we don't have to work alone. And confirming the word through the accompanying signs. You know what's so exciting about it is we don't have to do it. He wants to do it through us. You know, we were talking the other day, I, the one picture you saw up there, you saw me in my full beard. When I started in the ministry, I had a, I had a full beard. You know, my hair was full and brown. And, uh, but you know, after uh, a year of ministry, because I thought I needed to do something, 
I began to lose my hair. It fell out in chunks for probably 30 years. Pastor Becky was the only one that could cut my hair because she knew how to cut it so that she could cover the patches. My beard began to fall out in chunks. One morning I looked in the mirror and this side had turned white and this side had fallen out. Now I'm German and I'm proud of it. I thought, dude, you look like Hitler. And so I cut it off and two of my kids didn't know who I was. And... But why? Because I tried to do it on my own. Here's the confidence that you can have in Jesus Christ. You're not on your own. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what difficulty. This world, the devil, other people, what they throw your way. I don't care what it is. You're not in this deal alone. You've got Jesus. You've got the Holy Spirit who wants to work through you. And I'm standing here in front of you this morning as a living testimony of what Jesus Christ can do through a vessel that no man could possibly ever use, but Jesus can. He wants to use each and every one of us. And so Abundant Life Ministries began as Loving Shepherd Fellowship when I came here. And the first year after, we changed the name to Abundant Life Ministries. And we intentionally used the word ministries because it's not about a minister. It's about ministries. Each and every one of us at Abundant Life Ministries, we are called for a purpose. And God wants to use us in that purpose for His glory. And so, praise the Lord. He's wonderful. You know, thanks for coming out this morning. I can't tell you how much it means to me. And uh, I just believe that Jesus, in the time that we've been here, has been able to use us to touch you in a very special way because Abundant Life Ministries has been extremely blessed over 37 years because they didn't get one pastor, they have had two. Because Pastor Becky has had just as much impact and influence as I could have ever imagined having. And so, uh, you're blessed. And we love you. A whole bunch. But, before we close, there's just been something that's been rolling on the inside of me. And I just don't know how to deal with it other than to just do it. And so, um, just switch into an attitude of prayer for just a moment. Uramba terabura shopalakna terekita. Uranda ribiriya shokoboto. And so you hear it all the time. 
This generation. This generation. This generation. Can anything good come out of this generation? But the Lord says this morning, this generation is the generation that's going to move things as it's never been before. Anybody under the age of 25, I want you to stand up right now. Who? This generation. This generation. This generation. If you're close to any of these young people, I want you to lay your hands on them right now. Move around if you got to. I want every kid to have hands laid on them. You say, well, I've never laid hands on anybody before. Well, it's a good time to start. Praise. Everybody got hands laid on them. This generation, this generation, this generation, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare that this generation, these young men and women, in the name of Jesus, are called for your purpose. They're called for your glory. Father, this generation will accomplish and achieve more for the kingdom of God than any generation that's come before them. Any generation that's come before them. And so, Father, I speak over them and I declare over them the Spirit of the Lord is upon you and He will achieve and move through you. Expect it. Expect it. Expect it to be so in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak over them, Father, and I, I call forth every gift and calling in their life that they will achieve far, far more than what they could have ever thought, dreamed, or imagined. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. This generation this generation, this generation shall achieve much for the kingdom of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Anybody that agrees with that, shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. Pastor. Can we all just thank him again? We love you, pastors, Dave and Becky, grandma and grandpa. I, I can really only think of one thing that'd be appropriate to say. We love you, Pastor Dave. <laughs> All right. Well, at this time, uh, we are going to dismiss for the uh, luncheon with Pastor Dave and Becky out in the Redemption Center. So if you had signed up for that or if you talked with uh, Jody before service, then please come and join us. We're so excited to have lunch with you all. We'll be out there um, serving here in just a few minutes. So... If you're coming, come. If you're not, then go and be blessed. And go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I need to bless the food. So let us, let us pray. Let's pray and bless our, our meal that we're going to share, okay? Father God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the food. 
what you're about to receive. We pray that it would bless and nourish our body. We thank you for all of your goodness, Lord. We thank you for pastors Dave and Becky. What a blessing they've been in all of our lives. Lord, we love them. We love you. We're thankful for all of your goodness. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.